Hi, I'm Rob. Welcome back to the Multi-Site Masters podcast. As the CEO of a technology company supporting the retail and hospitality sectors, I'm constantly fascinated by the stories I hear from the people I encounter day to day. Hopefully you found us because you share my passion for finding out what makes these industries with their large bases of operations and geographically and culturally diverse workforces really tick. As your host, I'm going to be doing just that on this podcast. Every week, I'll be speaking to a leading industry figure about their management philosophies and hope to tease out their tips and insights about what it means to run a successful business at scale. So without further ado, let's get straight into this episode. Today, we're speaking with Steve Rocky, who's a people consultant and the founder of Esoteric HR. Steve's past roles include Byron Burger and Pizza Express. Today, he advises brands of all sizes on their people strategies. Steve, welcome to Multisite Masters. Thanks for joining us. No, thanks for, uh, thanks for asking. So, Steve, we, we connected first time on LinkedIn when you first founded uh, Esoteric HR, and we can get a bit into your prior experiences before that. But I loved it because you announced your arrival on the entrepreneurial scene and as an HR um, strategy advisor with a sort of Jerry Maguire type memo to the world based on what you'd seen in your career previously. Um, and you talked about having worked with some really small, cool brands, some massive brands, and those in the middles. The one, the one you didn't name any names in there, but where did where did Byron sit in your career development? And you know, um, uh, how much how much of Byron is in is in your sort of HR DNA now? Because I love that brand. I'd be fascinated to know your your role in its development. Yeah, I think you know, I'd, it'd be safe to say I think Byron was the role that I really you know I really cut my teeth into and and um I get definitely it was definitely the business and the role where I learned the most about myself um and kind of the most about what you know about most about what I what I think and you know that it's okay to think what it is you think um and it, it was <laughs> did that come from very the, much did that come from the top down that sort of look tell it like it is be real yeah, 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 yeah. Because you know, you, you know, you're in a brand that that wants to sell proper hamburgers. It just it is what it is. Um, it's not jazzed up to be anything else other than what it is. And and so therefore everything that you do just has to it has to be as simple as that. And if it's too complicated, then there's something wrong. Because you why why do you need to make it complicated? Because you can make a hamburger super complicated, but the whole point is, is you make it easy and simple. Um, and so that whole thought process and ethos just has to run through, just has to run through everything. And is that not necessarily um, always the case for brands' people strategy? Then, um, I mean, I think you can kind of look around at brands on the high street and scratch your head and kind of realize that, you know, I think everyone's being brutally honest. They've probably lost their way a little bit for, for a whole host of different reasons, whatever they may well be, but they certainly weren't as they were when they started. And that they're, they're probably not as relevant now as they used to be. And I think that that has a lot to do with, I guess where the business is going and, and also at the same time, you know, how does, how does a people function under, underpin that are you allowed to talk about how that or are you willing to talk about how that differed to say someone like pizza express where you spent time pre- prior to that 
it's just a, it's just a super different business, I guess. Um, you know, when I left PE, you know, it was 10,000 people, 420 odd restaurants, something like that. So it was just this, you know, massive corporate beast, if you like. Um, not saying there's anything wrong with that, but it, 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 I guess, I guess when I, it just got to the point in my kind of career where um, I just wanted to do something that was just, just not not the same and I think you know when I when I kind of stumbled upon Byron you it was just obvious to me that it was just different and so, so when you talk about that just best, sorry to, to interrupt it's fascinating though the, the is is the people function in a place like Peter Express where it's a very mature format it's you know it's changed uh, ownership structure a number of times is it all about just maintaining a seriously slick streamlined operation how does one think about the the people function i mean it's sort of interesting that our conversations gravitated to talking about the people function at scale because in a minute i'd like to almost go right the way back and you know let's talk about if you were starting a, a restaurant brand that you wanted to scale up how would you yeah, think yeah. About people function because i think one of the things that's so interesting about your experience and now your new advisory business is how does a restaurateur or indeed a retailer or another multi-site organization sort of scale through the gears as the people, you know, mm. as the people strategy changes, as their business changes, because assumedly that, yeah. you know, that founder is the same person they were at the beginning, I guess. But let, let's let's just talk about Pizza Express at scale first, and then we'll get on to what it means to move through the gears. Um, it, it was it was definitely it was definitely set up to try and be as slick as possible. Um, and what, and does that, what does that mean in, from a sort of people management practice, sort of? For, for someone like me that's never run the, uh, you know, a people department at scale or worked in a scale people department, what's the day-to-day -day concerns? Um, I mean, communication's massive. So, you know, how do you, you've all, you know, you've all collectively, you know, with the operations team, with marketing, whoever, who, whoever's in the room, you've all kind of decided that, you know, we should do A. But, you know, it's then the mammoth task of how do you get, make sure that that is communicated to Pizza Express in Aberdeen, which, you know, which is so, which is the opposite side of the country from where it is you've all made your decision. Um, but, you know, those are the guys that, that, that are going to have to implement it and kind of make it all work and, and need to buy into all of that sort of stuff. So this is just this enormous kind of exercise of how, how do you communicate that message, if you like, to, to make sure that people really understand and buy into why we should be doing that um oh, that, and also that's interesting. If, they, if they don't buy into that how do they how do they tell you that because well, that's um, that's interesting so, so i know i'm jumping all over the place but i think it's it, it's certainly the way my mind works so we've we've talked a bit about um you know, a rocket ship brand in the middle, the sort of Byron type. We talked a bit about, a, you know, managing a, a super tanker of a Pizza Express. Now let's talk about what it, mm. mean, what it means to try and establish a small, cool brand with aspirations to get big. Um, what's the classic mistakes that you see a, a, an owner, manager, restaurant entrepreneur making when it comes to people strategy? Not having one. <laughs> I mean, literally, literally, time and time again. It sounds brutal, but it's true. Um, and I totally understand why. And I totally understand why, because it, because you know you're you're at the stage where you've you've got a group of like-minded people around you, so you you just don't have to worry about it. You know, people love what it is you're doing. That's why it is they joined your business. 
you know, they, they, they buy into you, they buy into your brand, they buy into your product, they love your culture, whatever that may well be. Um, they love how they can act, however that is. So you, you kind of, you, you, you start off with surrounding yourselves with, with the, all of these like-minded people. And, you know, it, it, once it is you start to expand, you just start to dilute that a little bit. So the people that you bring on to start with, you know, you're clearly a 10 out of 10. You know, you, you, you live, breathe and die by, you know, you've got your mortgage in, you're all in. So you're in and everybody yeah. else around you is probably like maybe like an eight or a nine out of 10. And then as it starts to kind of dilute and you, and then you, then you have multiple openings. I think you make people assume that everybody else that's joining gets it as much as they do. And, and it's just not the case because, because no one's telling them and they join your brand because they love the perception of it and they love what it is you do. And, but they might not know who you are anymore. But then you walk in and they're like, oh, my God, it's so-and-so. And, oh, it's such a cool place. And I love it here. And, and, but some of those kind of – some of those stories disappear as to why things are the way that they are. And, um, and just that kind of everyday link starts to disappear a little bit. Oh, that's, and so you end that's up so maybe taking on some bad hires. And, and then kind of you, you know, people don't necessarily – again, because you're in it. So, so why would you, why would you take a step back and stop per se, but it's not necessarily thinking about, you know, the next opening It's thinking about, so if you're going to expand, it's, it's about thinking about the one in five openings time that's 12 months away. You know, who have you got in your business now that should be opening up restaurant number 10? And if you don't have them, where are they going to come from? And when are you going to bring them on? And how are you going to teach them everything so that when you hand the keys over to your multi-million pound restaurant, you can walk away and sleep at night thinking they get it. We used to talk a lot in Byron about, you know, do they get it? If they get it, then that's cool. We can teach them everything else, but do they, do they get, are they going to, do they get it? If they get it, then happy days. And if they don't get it, then that's a major problem. And um, we can tell everybody how to, you know, teach everybody how to write a rotor and manage the payroll system and all of that sort of stuff. But, it, you know, it's not what it is you do, it's how it is you do it. And if, if what it is they're doing is right, but how it is they're doing it is wrong, then that's a disaster. Is, is there a so particular – sen- sorry, Steve. Is there a particular size of operation where um, typically you see the, the culture starting to fray or the corporate, you know, the corporate values starting to be irreconcilable with what you actually see on the ground? Uh, I, uh, I think they're probably two different things so I think you know I've done some work with a business that's at five that's you know that 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 kind of knows that it needs to focus on some stuff um you know I'm working with a business that's a, a, a kind of bigger that definitely knows it needs to work on stuff but then I, I've kind of you know been privileged to go into a business that's just got two that kind of thinks well if we want to click on we need to think about this stuff now which is really refreshing um, so it's not it's not so I, I, it's not a predictable scale thing that it really does come down to the awareness of the leadership about the impact of people issues and people strategy on their ability to scale. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've kind of looked at, you know, you can kind of look at various. Um, hilariously, I did a dissertation on the growth of small business management. Little did I know where I was going to be ending up. But, <laughs> um, you know, there's there's kind of models out there about, you know, at, at, at kind of at what stage does it kind of look and feel like? 
and you know you do have growth and then and then you do you do have a slump because you you might overexpand and it's not quite as good as you thought and you probably hired maybe some of the wrong people and and so business takes a little bit of a you know uh, it might take a little bit of um a kind of a downward turn so you know kind of in and around there whenever that is i don't you know it'd be great to have a number because i'll just go and target every business to have that number of restaurants yeah but you know, kind of in and around the kind of the five-ish, maybe you probably and you. But if you want to expand, then that's you know you probably should be you probably should be thinking about it. I think the corporate values question is a different, or rather, I hate the corporate, but the, the kind of values question is a, is a different one. Um, and I don't I, I don't have a I don't have an answer as to when that that starts to dissipate and and you know kind of when the look and feel of that starts to not be as it was supposed to be you know people people who would who join restaurant number one will say that it gets lost at restaurant number two but right i guess it depends on on where it is you land and 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 culturally how rich it is when it is you get there versus when it is you leave i guess well focusing on the let's focus on the operational issues then because it is really interesting and i can imagine that it's dead easy to fall into um to fall into these these challenges when you are focusing on you know putting blood blood sweat and tears into building a, a brand and an operation and you surround mm. yourself with like you say you're a ten and you surround yourself with eights because they it's almost like there's a sort of cult like quality and I mean this in a sort of positive way um, yeah, yeah yeah so yeah. so let's say you then then you double and you double again and now you've made the odds sort of bad high you've got some people that don't necessarily feel that same connection with with mission and so you bring in esoteric HR. What does that sort of first hundred days look like, Steve? Let's say I've got you know somewhere between ten and twenty, ten and twenty sites. Um, I know that I I know that something's not quite right, and I've read I've read one of your sort of searing blogs, and so I, I get in esoteric. Typically, what will you what will you look to do over the first hundred days? I'm trying to understand the sort of pain <laughs> that the leadership goes through when they sort of take this remedial action. Um, the the kind of the start bit is and you know i i love to do a a kind of a, almost like a review a, a sort of a diagnostic or whatever you kind of want to call it but right um essentially walk around and speak to an absolute ton of people and sit in a corner and look like i'm busy when all i'm doing is watching <laughs> and um just to just to kind of get an idea like if i'm a new employee and what do the adverts look like that that i want do I want to look at those and where are they being put, you know, all the way through to, you know, when I leave, does anyone care? Do I get a phone call? Who knows that I've left? Why are people leaving? You know, if you can get, if, if, if you can get some turnover stats, um, even if they're not great, you know, they, they're probably, they're just indicative and they'll just help either support or disprove whatever kind of series there are in the business already. They don't have to be all singing or dancing. Interesting. Um, so it, it, from there, I just kind of just try and build up a really good picture and a feel for kind of where the business is, and speak to people about the culture and how do they describe it. And if you you know you speak to twenty people and they will describe it the same, then that's pretty good. That's very good. Uh, if you speak to twenty people and they all describe it wildly different, then that's not very good. So <clears throat> you know, trying to pull out what that information is and and just kind of operationally you kind of sit in a room and people will tell you how stuff is and that's great. But if you go from restaurant to restaurant or side to side or whatever it is, if everyone's doing it in 10 different ways, then you're doing it in 10 different ways, not in one way. Um, 
so it, yeah it's just trying to build up a really good picture of exactly kind of what's happening and what's not happening and then from my perspective whether it's it doesn't it kind of doesn't matter um it, it sometimes makes the delivery of the review a little bit more difficult if everybody thinks everything's happening and it's totally not but it kind of it just is what it is so it's that kind of i guess that reality check maybe along with kind of my view um of what it might be really what it might be really good to do yeah that makes um, that and, makes, and, and, more, makes a lot and then sense. more importantly how it is how it is you kind of do it and then and then it's really about focusing what the priorities are you know you could come up with a three two year three year amazing people strategy bringing in kind of all the technology in the world but you know if you're dealing with a business that doesn't have a budget for it and actually they just want three priorities then it's about delivering and agreeing what those great three priorities are and and, and kind of nailing those as 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 best you can it, invariably it, it 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 does start to kind of come down to to stuff like that that great that rich storytelling about why stuff is the way that it is and why decisions were made of sort of great why questions we had um why Alistair did... Mur sorry sorry Steve I I, I right. just what you were saying reminded me that we had um Alistair Murdoch at, at the CEO of Gourmet Burger Kitchen on recently and one of the things he talked about I thought was really interesting was how he saw the most difficult position to fill in the organization is that of area manager because typically your yeah. area manager will typically be where you're promoting what looks like a superstar location manager. And often that location manager may well have done the job, in, you know, in, to use your description earlier, there might be eights, sort of mission-oriented eights, who are used to just sort of diving on the grenade. And then actually suddenly they've got, you know, several sites to look after where they can't sort of manage by being a, an individual. Yeah. They need to manage, manage through yeah. others. Um, you must see that a lot of the time. And what does, what does one do when you realize that you've got at least some of your area managers who have perhaps not necessarily developed the skills they need to, even though they're totally committed to the organization? Yes, it's, I mean, it's a tough gig. And the, the, the worst bit about it all is it's probably your fault. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I mean, you know, certainly in, certainly in, in I, well, I don't know, I think, there's, I think there's two. I think there's two. I think general managers are super important. And, and area ops managers, whatever you want to call them, are also, are also important. I, I, I suppose it depends on your scale as to where, you know, which one you lean on the most. Um, but, you know, your, your general managers, you've got a great general manager who kind of culturally gets it. And, you know, you look after them and they get, you know, they get paid pretty well. And, you know, they, they have a great time and they love the brand. Then you're going to have a great team in your restaurant and you're going to have happy customers. Um, but it, but yeah, I, I would agree. It does kind of go up the chain if you've got <clears throat> pretty average area managers. Then um, the same's true. I guess maybe it goes even further up the train, but that's probably a different different blog. Yeah. Um, well, I, but, but just just to unpack that just a little bit more, if you'll humour me, I, I'm I guess what I'm curious about is if you've been brought in and someone's brought in a specialist HR advisory firm because they clearly feel like they can do better. If you see that the biggest opportunity to sort of unlock value is to improve yeah. that area manager level, yeah, I, I guess like I mean it's going to be different for every sort of business. But I, I suppose the heart of where I'm sort of driving at is is it easiest to just try and sort of encourage those area managers to be more effective delegators and leaders, or is that do you find that nine times out of ten it, it's hard to 
it's hard to get them to change and therefore ultimately the right thing to do is often to end up you know moving them sideways or maybe even a demotion or you know or, or just adding more bodies in that sort of mid-level of the organization I'm just curious sort of practically as to what most organizations do when it becomes clear that they haven't developed their area managers um, I, I think nine times out of ten people would people would want to you know give everybody a, a fair crack of the whip so yeah. I, I, you know I think if you've over promoted for good reasons you know for good reasons no one you know no one goes to work wanting to do a bad job and to set people up to fail um then i think you kind of owe it to them and you owe it to the business to to, to kind of invest heavily kind of in that person in their skills in order to, to kind of give them a fairly a fair crack of the whip and and, and if you do that and that doesn't work out then at least you can all look at yourselves in the mirror and say well we gave it a good go yeah, um, makes a lot of sense. Um, and I and I think that's 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 kind of the right thing to do. And and you know I can remember in it, it, the first one of the first ops manager appointments we had in Byron. It took us it took us six months to find who we thought was the right person, and she she was. Um, yeah. And we kind of after we did she started, we very much looked at each other, uh, people, uh, looked and I looked at each other and went, we're not we can't do that again because we need to start looking for the next one tomorrow. Um, uh, you know, we need to set up our own program in order to help bring on kind of our, our general managers who are, who get it out of a single site and how do you get them to be multi-site. So we set up a senior general manager program to, to you know, to, it was a bit rough and ready, but, it, you know, it seemed to work. Um, uh, how, you know, how do you get them to be a multi-site kind of manager because it's it's not necessarily it's I guess it's like all jobs isn't it it's it's not necessarily I'll go back to it it's not necessarily what it is you do but how it is you do it you can be great you can be a great technical person um, but if you know how it is you go about managing errors culturally counterintuitive and it you know it's, it's not going to work Steve that's fascinating thank you for being so generous with your time um, if listeners want to look you up and getting in touch with Esoteric HR, maybe to, um, I guess, to get an initial diagnostic or something on their business and see how you might be able to help, where's the best place for them to look you up so that we can put it in the show notes? Uh, at the moment, LinkedIn is a great place to find me. Um, the website is currently a work in progress. Um, so, yeah, definitely on LinkedIn. From there, you can sort of see some of my blogs and maybe just get an idea of where I'm coming from with it all and make sure that that's... Brilliant. Well, look, for, for, I guess, your business. Do not be ashamed of having not set up your website yet. The fact that you've actually just started this this advisory business and it was a mission oriented thing is is what excited us about it. So we'll certainly post to those those resources, and um, I look forward to hearing how it goes. Thanks so much again, Steve. No, thanks very much indeed. We hope you enjoyed our show. If you have any feedback or would like to feature or suggest someone to feature on an upcoming episode, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch via the website multisitemasters.co.uk. That's M-U-L-T-I-S-I-T-E masters, all one word, .co.uk, where you can sign up for email updates and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Multisitemaster. That's it for now. I hope to see you back here soon when I'll be joined by my next Multisite Master.